return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Lord, we have a great time learning about his word. Amen. So let's just pray before we get started. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that we can be here in your presence with you. Like Pastor Dave said on Sunday... Um, we can read your word with the author present, that you're here with us, you're in us, that you're always speaking to us, you're always guiding us into all truth in your word, Lord. We thank you that there's no mystery in your word, um, because you've revealed those mysteries to us. Amen. The Bible says that, that um, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can fully know what God has in store, except it has been revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my title tonight is God Wants You to Persevere. And you're thinking, uh, yeah, duh, Pastor Randon, yeah, he does, of course he wants us to persevere. But I think a lot of Christians feel like God wants us to stay in a rut for a certain amount of time until we honor him or until we um, recognize that we're weak and he's strong and we can only do things in his strength. Um, but that's not true. God doesn't want us to be in this rut for a season. Amen? Um, he doesn't want us, that's not his great and wonderful plan for our life, is to have these times where we trip over a rock and we're just, and we get hurt and we are just in a dark spot in our life for a little bit. That's not what he wants. And so you hear a lot of people that say, um, will say something like, you know, they're going through something, it's like, what is God teaching me right now? Or they're going through a hardship in their life, and it's like, okay, Lord, I know this is your will, but, okay, God only has good things planned for us. He has good will for us, amen? The Bible says on, he, he wills on, on earth as it is in heaven, amen? On earth as it is in heaven. So anything that God has, he wants to give to us. So that's health, Amen. His finances, we know that he supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. He wants us to have a good relationship with our family. He wants everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, to come to repentance before they die. Amen. So these are his will for us. But because we live in a fallen world, we do go through hardships. We do go through things that maybe aren't always easy. Okay. And I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna compare the things maybe that we go through to the things that those in, like India go through in other countries, China. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna touch that tonight. Um, things that I couldn't even imagine: uh, persecutions and different things like that, famines and floods and tsunamis and different things. Uh, down in Florida right now, just all the cleanup. Been seeing videos of of the communities gathering together and trying to help people, but just the devastation of this hurricane that just went through. Um, I can't imagine. And so I look at the things that I'm going through and I think, wow, um, they're not quite the same as what somebody else might be going through. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't still want you to be whole. It doesn't mean that God still doesn't care about your need. Amen? Because there's no need that's too great or too small for God to care. Because the Bible says we cast our cares 
on the Lord. It doesn't just say our big cares. It doesn't just say our important cares. But he says we cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. So when he says cares, it means that we cast our worries, we cast our anxieties, we cast our, our, our um, shortcomings, we cast our uh, circumstances on him because he cares and when he shows affection towards, he loves us, he wants to do good in our life because he cares for us. Right? And so I'm not, again, I'm not talking about persecution, but there's just things in our life that we go through. Maybe it's the death of a loved one um, that, that we just have a hard time handling. Or maybe it's a financial stress that uh, we didn't see coming. Maybe it's a job loss or, uh, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's a health problem that, some, that just came on somebody right away. You know, these aren't persecution things, but they are hardships. They are things that, that we don't necessarily like in our life, Right? But they do come. And they're not easy things, right? I mean, I know probably everybody in here has lost, lost a loved one. And it's not easy. But if they're a Christian, we know where they're at. We know that their home is now in heaven. Amen. And they're doing things that they couldn't maybe do on this earth, right? But for us, there are hardships that we, that we face. And, you know, we talk a lot about other countries and, and things going on, you know, as well, and and um, and God cares about you, Amen. He cares about us individually, all of us as a group, but as individuals as well. He wants us to have joy in our life. So let's go to Romans five one. Bible says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so there's four things that we have in just these first two scriptures. First, it says that we've been justified by faith. Amen? So we've been justified. The second thing is it says that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. So we've been justified, we have peace. Third thing says we have access into His grace by faith. And the fourth thing, it says that we have hope in the glory of God. So we have this justification, we have this peace, we have this grace, and we have this hope. And you think, wow, what else do I need? I, have, I mean, this is just the first two uh, verses in Romans 5. And then we go to Romans 3 through 5, and, and it starts out with, and not only that. So now if, I'm, if I list off a bunch of wonderful things, and I'm like, wow, I got this, and I got this, and I got this. You know, it's like a salesman, right? They... They tell you, they're trying to give you the specs of the car, and like, yeah, it has this and this. And they say, and not only that, you know, what are they doing? They're setting you up for something that should be really good, right? Like, in addition to, you're going to love this. But the Bible says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, so Paul talks about all these spiritual blessings in our life. And he talks about this justification that we have and, and how we don't justify it. Or we can't justify ourselves, but we're justified by our faith in Jesus. Amen? So we have this justification. We have this peace with God. Oh, isn't that great? We're not at war against God anymore. We don't have to struggle with sin and judgment from God. We're at peace. God's not mad at us. Hallelujah. We have access into his grace. That's a big one for me because in the Old Testament, 
they did not have, I mean, he was a graceful God, but, but this one-on-one committed relationship they didn't have in the Old Testament, right, under the, under the Old Covenant. But we have this access into his grace. And then we have hope. Amen. The Bible says that, that we have hope even when the world doesn't have hope. Amen. We have this great hope, one of eternal life. Jesus coming back, amen, this eternal life that we know when we pass from this life that we are going to live forever with him, amen. And so that's that hope and the glory of God. And we think, when he says not only that, we think that Paul's going to talk about something that's even better than was just mentioned. And he said, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. And you look at this and, and you think like, okay, I'm supposed, to, um, I'm supposed to be excited for tribulations. That's not what the Bible says, though. So if we read through it again, we glory in tribulations. Why? Because we know that tribulation produces perseverance. And we know that perseverance produces character. And that character produces hope. So we're not glorying as far as we're not excited about the tribulation or the trial. But we're excited about the perseverance that we're going to gain. We're excited about the character that we're going to build. We're excited for the hope that's going to come in our life. And then it says, hope doesn't disappoint. Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And so you think about these tribulations, these trials that we go through maybe, and you think in the moment it's really tough, but afterwards, the, the hope and the character and the perseverance that we hopefully build will not disappoint you. Amen? That's God's plan for you is He wants you to have a lot of hope. He wants you to have a good character and he wants you to have good perseverance. And this word tribulations in the Greek is slipsis, philipsis, T-H, which means oppressing, oppressing together or pressure. So this could be oppression, affliction, distress, anguish, burden, or trouble. That's what this word tribulation means. So it kind of encompasses anything that can go wrong in your life, um, um, this word tribulation kind of encom- encom- uh, encompasses. And so this would include, in, in my perspective, it would include um, health concerns. You know, it, it would include financial stress. So there's something that happened um, where you don't have the finances to pay for something, and it can be stressful, right? We, we still live, we know that we're not of this world, that our citizenship is in heaven, but those types of things are still, we're still human. There's still, we need things on this earth to survive and to live. And so, all these things are included in this word tribulation. And so, we don't go around the tribulation for just the sake of the tribulation. It's not like, oh, I'm so excited about this financial burden that I have. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that when we have something, so say there is, maybe say there is a job loss, okay? And, and, and right away, we're standing on the word and we're saying, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. I don't trust in these earthly riches, but I trust in you. Amen. You provide all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I trust in you, and I can be excited to know that you're still my God, that you still take care of me, that you're still giving me perseverance, that you're still giving me this good character. And I can be excited that I am going to grow in this tribulation no matter what it is. Right? We glory that whatever we go through on earth, we can produce in us perseverance, character and hope. We're not happy about a battle in our life, right? 
but we're glorying in the result of the tribulation we go through. Right? It's kind of like, you know, you think of a boxer. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't box. I just, I couldn't stand being hit in the face a bunch of times in a night. That's just not my cup of tea. And I'm sure for a boxer, it's not fun to get hit in the face, right? But if they win, hallelujah, right? They're excited that maybe for a while even the pain doesn't feel as bad <laughs> before they get carted off to the hospital. No. But, right, they're in the moment, maybe they're not, they're not really excited. Like, I, I just don't know how you could be excited to go out there and get hit in the face. But afterwards, there's this crown, right? There's this, there's this maybe a belt or something. Right? There's this glory that comes afterwards. And when it comes to, in the spiritual tribulation and trials that come into your life, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, just because something good comes out of, comes out of a hard time in your life doesn't mean that the hard time was God. Okay? Just because there's something that's good that comes out of a hard time in your life doesn't mean that it was brought to you by God. Right? John 10.10 says, Satan comes to steal. Satan comes to steal, or kill, and Satan comes to destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life. Right? So I think of this, these tribulations, maybe there's something, somebody's stolen from you, you feel like, a family member or something. Um, you know, a dream of yours is killed. Destroy, maybe your finances are destroyed. Satan comes to do those things, but Jesus came to give us life. Jesus came to help us persevere. Jesus came to raise our character and give us hope. Amen? Amen. That's what he came to do. It's kind of like when you put two things in the oven. You can put a pizza in the oven and it's doughy and after a certain amount of time, it gets hard, right? Like the crust gets hard and everything. But you can also put a potato in the oven, okay, and it's hard and after a certain amount of time, it gets soft, right? Did the oven change? No, God doesn't change, right? Sometimes when, when we go through things, we're either the pizza or the potato. We're, we're either going to handle it well, or we're not going to handle it well. So people say that, you know, they, they look at this scripture about um, glorying and tribulation. Well, it must be God because all these things are going to come afterwards. Yeah, if you rely on the Lord, it will. But if you rely on yourself and you have a different perspective, then you're not going to persevere then you're not going to build your character and you're not going to have much hope. Because I know, I know people personally that, have, that, that were called themselves Christians but maybe were on the fence and something happens and they blame God and they say, this is my life and I hate my life and they go completely the opposite way. There's no perseverance, there's no building of character and they just lost all their hope. And so we decide, we decide how we move on from a hardship. We decide how we move on from something that happens in our life. Hallelujah. I think of Joseph. I, I think I use Joseph a lot, but it's so, there's so many ways to uh, put uh, um, his story into different areas of our life. But Joseph had extreme hardship. Ooh, man, 17 years old getting sold into slavery. He had extreme hardship. He gets falsely accused uh, by Potiphar's wife. And instead of now being in the, in the Potiphar's house, now he's in the dungeon of the dungeons. Right? And then he gets forgotten about for two years. And finally rises to prominence. I'm still not convinced that it was God who orchestrated the slavery, 
the false accusation or the forgetfulness of the butler. Because I think that if Joseph, if the circumstances of Joseph's life would have been different, he would have been in the exact same spot that God said he was at the beginning. Because remember, in the dream, you know, if, if, if it was God doing it, I would think in the dreams he'd say, well, you have to go through this, 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 and this, and then you're going to rise to prominence, right? No, he just told him the end result, okay? But what Satan wants to do in our lives, okay, he, because we all have a calling, we all have, we all have a, a good thing going in our life that God wants to um, bring out of us, but say we have an adversary who is the devil, and I'm not saying that every time that you have a hardship, the devil's right next to you, like whispering in your ear or anything. But we do live in a fallen world. We do. There are things that happen. I always say, if I go to if I go to Hy-Vee and uh, I buy a bunch of groceries and I give them money and they give me the wrong change bag, that's not the devil. That's just that's just a mistake. It's an accident. So there's things in our life that just happen because we're imperfect. People are imperfect, right? Because there is death. Right? There are things that, um, you know, the Bible says that Satan is still the god of this world. Okay? So that's where there's evil and that's where there's things like that. But, Joseph endured. So even through all the things that he went through. Because the other thing for Joseph is, if he wouldn't have handled it with the character of God, if he wouldn't have persevered through these things, he probably wouldn't have been in the position that um, he was supposed to be in. You think of you think or that that God had called him to be, and you think of uh, King Saul. Remember, King Saul was anointed of God. He was supposed to be this great king for Israel. Okay, and there's nothing in the Bible before he started going away from the Lord that said, you know, God didn't prophesy he's going to turn away from me in this many years, right? So Saul is an example of somebody who God blessed in this in this uh, position of power. And then Saul decided to go on his own. So he, any hardship, he couldn't handle any hardships. And therefore, because he couldn't handle hardships, his character diminished. And because of that, he didn't have any hope. Right? So you see two people right there, Joseph who persevered and Saul who did not. And there's something to be said for when we go through something, to think, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm not going to let this ruin my life. I'm going to persevere. Because we know that when we persevere, that what's coming next is good character. What's coming next is hope. Amen? So we don't have to like or enjoy things that we go through. I mean, you know, I just picture somebody who's, who's going through trouble with gritted teeth, like, oh, this is so much fun. Well, we obviously know that it's not fun, Right? So we don't have to act like we enjoy it. We don't have to lie to ourselves. But we can look at the end result and say, hey, God has a good plan. He still has a good plan for me. Even though I'm going through this stuff, I know that when I come out of this, I'm going to be coming out on top. Amen? Amen. I want to read Romans 5, 3 in the Amplified Version. Amplified Classic here. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produces patience, an unswerving endurance, and endurance or fortitude develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces, and I love this, it produces the habit, the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Don't you like a good habit? It produces the habit of being joyful. It produces the habit of being conf- having a confident hope of our eternal salvation. Amen. 
So again, when you think of Satan trying to get you down and, and things in this world happening to you, um, even if Satan means it for bad, we can take it and we can say, no, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm going to let it produce a habit in me of joyfulness. I'm going to let it produce a habit of me of hope for that eternal life that I'm getting, that crown that's laid up for me. Amen. So it's good to have a good habit. We want to get into the habit of being joyful. Let's go to James 1, verse 2. Amplify Classic again. James says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, when you are enveloped or in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured, again, so we consider it joyful, we fall into temptations. It says, Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfast and patience. And now, you have a lot of people that say, well, it's the proving of your faith, so it has to be God, because he's, he's proving your faith, right? Well, you think, what about um, when Jesus went out to the wilderness and Satan tempted him for 40 days in the wilderness? What was, what was Satan doing? He was proving his faith that he was the Son of God. Because he kept on saying, if you're the Son of God, if the word that you were spoken to you was true, this is my beloved Son whom I'm well pleased, if that's true then turn the stone into bread. He was trying to make him question his faith in the word of God. And when Satan tries to attack us and things come up, what he's trying to do is he wants us, he wants trying to attack our faith that what the Bible says about your circumstance is wrong. When you have a medical condition come up, he's trying to, he's going to try to attack your faith with, with thoughts that, well, you have this and this and this and nothing can be done for you. He's going to try to get you to not look at the Bible that says, um, well, we have a great physician who's Jesus, and he says that I'm healed by his stripes. Amen. He doesn't want you to look at that. So this, produce, this testing of proving of your faith, bring out endurance and steadfast, steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be... That you may be People perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. Amen. Amen? So we understand that hardships are going to come, and that's when we need to understand that. Okay, No matter how much money we have or how good a health we have, we need to understand that hardships are always going to come. And he doesn't say um, if you're enveloped or encounter trials, but he says when you're enveloped or, count, or, or um, encounter trials of any sort. Or fall into various temptations. So we know things are going to come, but we can be ready to stay in joy, peace, and patience throughout those things, right? We can we can be ready to to doesn't matter where and this this can preach anywhere, where you know no matter what's going on, if it's in your own life or if if it's somebody in uh, Christian in India being persecuted, okay, if we can endure, if they can endure, and I pray for people around the world all the time because I understand I understand that. I have it really good, no matter what my hardships are. Like, I have it really good. I'm so thankful for that. But, no matter what situation we're facing, we can know that we can stay in joy. The Bible says, the Bible says we can stay in joy. The Bible says that we can stay in peace. And the Bible says we can stay in patience. Amen? And like I said, just because we have a hardship doesn't mean the devil's right there by your side causing these problems. We live in a fallen world. We live, you know, we live with imperfect people. 
I know none of you are, but you work with imperfect people. I know that. We want to have perseverance. We want to be able to, to take things with patience and with joy and peace. And I'm not by any means saying that I'm good at this, but it is important for all of us to know and all of us to, to think about. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 8.18. The Bible says, For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. And I think of Paul, and Paul is faith, especially on his missionary journeys, Paul is facing death almost every day. You know, he's going into cities where they wanted to stone him. He, he was, um, you know, there's a, there's a scripture, I think, in Ephesians that talks about fighting beasts, and I was watching a, a drive-through history on that, and the the words for that they're using in the Greek in, in that passage, I wish I had it, I didn't even think about bringing it up, but um, meant that he was actually in a coliseum, like, supposed, like fighting beasts. Like, what they would do is they would take Christians, and they'd put them in a coliseum, in a no-win situation, to fight animals, lions, or whatever. And... If that's true in that scripture, Paul miraculously came out of that, <laughs> defeating that. So you think of what Paul went through and all of these hardships, and, and you know we think um, you know we can drive anywhere. Well, Paul and the missionaries had to walk everywhere, and it said there were many perils, and there were dangers, and there were fears inside, right? So Paul was facing, facing death almost every day on his missionary journeys, and he had this mindset. He had this mindset that that the sufferings that I'm going through now, they're not even, they don't even hold anything to the glory that's going to be revealed in me. Amen? So some of the things that we go through in our life, and some of the things that I've mentioned, doesn't even compare to the glory that's going to be revealed to us and in us. Amen? Isn't that great? Isn't that great to think about? That there's this glory of God that's going to be revealed to us and going to be revealed inside of us, in us, and what we're going through now, it doesn't even, it holds nothing to it. Hallelujah. If we can have Paul mindset, or if Paul can have that mindset, then we can too. That's what I'm trying to say. If Paul can have that mindset, we can have that mindset too. Amen. As we get into the Word and as we read the Scripture and, and get revelation of what the Bible is saying to us um, through the Holy Spirit, because we can't, it's hard to get revelation without the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. But if we can do that, Amen. We're going to be okay. No matter what we go through in life, we're going to be okay. Amen. Because we do serve a faithful God. Amen. Just because you're going through a, a trial or a tribulation doesn't mean that he's not there with you. Doesn't mean that he's not closer than the mention of his name to you. Amen. I always think of the, uh, the, the poem, the sand, uh, footprints in the sand. You know, and just, and just, yeah, in our hard times, you know, Paul said, um, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. When we feel too weak to do anything, I mean, he does, he, he carries us. Sometimes there's been times where I've gone through something in my life and, uh, and I look back and I'm like, how did I get through that? And it could only be Jesus. It wasn't by my strength, not my might, not my power, but by his spirit. Amen? And so if we have that mindset of, I can do all things by myself, no, I can do all things through Christ, amen, who strengthens me, then we're going to be okay. No matter what comes our way, no matter what we face. 
last scripture here, Philippians 3, 12. And I really like this in the message. It says, I'm not saying that I have this all together that I haven't made. And again, I'm not saying that I have this all together I haven't made. But I am, I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm often running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Amen? So even Paul is saying, I don't have this fully, I can't fully grasp all this. But all I know is I'm reaching and I'm pressing towards Jesus all the time. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. Doesn't matter what stage I'm at in my life. I'm going to press to Jesus until the end of my life. Amen? He's pressing on. He's well on his way. He's reaching out for Christ. Amen? And it's not like, you know, we should be striving. I mean, in our life, we're, we're moving forward and we're leaning forward to reach. You think of a, again, track. You have relays. You have a baton. And, and when you're running, you're going to reach out for that baton. That's how we reach out for Jesus. Amen? Amen. With, all of our, with all of our might. Amen? Amen. With reckless abandon, we reach out for Jesus. Because he's reached out to us. Amen? I love that. He said, I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward. You know, if you're not, if you're not moving in, in spiritual things in Christianity, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. You can't just stay in one spot. Sometimes we think like, oh, I'm just comfortable where I'm at. But as soon as, you know, if we're reading the Bible, we're moving forward. But as soon as we stop reading the Bible, we're not staying where we're at. We're moving backwards, right? So we're either moving, moving forward towards the mark, or we're regressing, or we're, we're, not, um, we're not reaching for him. So when we focus on Jesus, even through fi- trials, we'll come out of those things better than the way, than the way we went in. But if we don't, again, but if we don't focus on Jesus and we try to do it all ourselves and we have a, not a great attitude towards what's going on, right? And we don't, we don't decide to say, nope, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. Then people do. That's when people turn away from God. That's when people turn um, towards other things. Because they think, well, God didn't have my back, right? I went through this trial, I went through this tribulation, and God didn't have my back. Why? Because they're missing the point. I think a lot of people miss the point of um, some of these verses and what we need to glory in. Because it's like, you know, if, if I'm just thinking myself and I, you know, I throw Christianity away and I think, well, I'm not going to, I don't like, you know, being attacked. I don't like health problems. I don't like these things. But people from the world see that, like, my attitude is getting really bad because I'm going through this. How, does it, how good of a witness is that for me? Right? If I'm going through something and I'm like, well, this is just awful, and, and I start talking about all my problems, it's not a very good witness, right? Not that we can't talk about our problems to people, but if we're just out there, just like, woe is me, everything bad, you know, why do bad things happen to good people, right? But, but God, when God steps in, amen, and we allow Him to step in, because if I, 
Because for our sake, we can't, we have to allow him to step into our life, right? He wants to step in. He wants to help us. He wants to guide us. But if we don't want to listen to him, we don't have to. That's, that's what we, that's why we have a free will. But if we let him, we allow him to come in, amen, he's going to bring you through it better than when you went in. And we don't have to question why. Sometimes the answer is because the world's not perfect. You hear a lot of people that something bad happens, like, well, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? And, you know, in the moment, I, I feel for the, somebody. I feel for them. I, you know, I wouldn't say this to them in the moment. But, really, the world isn't perfect. I wouldn't tell them, like, oh, that's a bad question to ask. Oh, no. But the, 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 the real reason is the, the world isn't perfect. Right? The world's a fallen place. We're fallen people. So keep your eyes on the goal of souls and eternal life. I remember when um, a friend of mine, when I was just coming to college here, uh, passed away. He drowned. Um, he was 19 years old. And he, got a, he was swimming across a gravel pit and he got a cramp in his side and he couldn't make it across. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and I was asking those questions like, why did this happen? Like, you know. The cramp, he said, such a small thing, but it made such a big, it was such a big deal. And, and I just remember, like, just like, these thoughts kept coming to my head, like, um, you know, these thoughts actually of jealousy. I was like, because he was, he loved the Lord. Uh, and I thought, wow, he's up there and I'm down here, you know. And, and I was 18 at the time. And, uh, I just thought, well, this isn't fair. <laughs> You're like, come on, Pastor Andy. No, I thought that. I thought, well, this isn't fair. You know, but as, you know, and I went into this, and I actually went into a depression. Like, I've ne- that's the only time I've ever been in a depression. And I went into this really bad depression because I just, I just thought, like, well, we're all going to die someday. So I don't, you know, why does anything, nothing matters because we're just going to die and I'll go to heaven. I still believed that. I didn't believe that I was just going to go on the ground. But I was like, well, why, why should I do anything? I'm just going to, it's just going to happen. And I felt like I was in a waiting room. You know, when, when you're in the doctor's office and you, you check in, you're in the waiting room, and you're not really doing anything, you're just waiting to go into the doctor's office. That's how I felt. I felt like life was just a waiting room. I didn't really have to do anything. I, couldn't re- I didn't really feel anything at the time. And, um, and I remember, uh, I, think this was, I think I'd preached one message before in my whole life. And, and I remember God started working on my heart about, purpose, and my purpose, and just our purpose, and um, so I started reading the word about purpose, and he just clearly just showed me that life isn't a waiting room, okay, it's not like bad things happen, so we just sit down and wait for it to pass, no, life is about moving forward all the time, always pressing forward, no matter how young or how old we are, no matter where we're at in our life. If we can press forward and not let situations and circumstances bring us down to a point of, well, I just don't care, then we're going to be okay. And the, one, the, the number one thing that he told me, and then I, that, actually, after this, this was the first message I preached was on purpose, but the number one thing he told me was, your purpose is to save people. Your purpose is to be my instrument for people in this world. And I thought, wow. And the Lord kind of showed me how selfish I was being 
and the Lord was showing me these things, I'm, and you know, I, I repented and everything, but I thought, yeah, my purpose is to reach out to people, individuals in my life, in my sphere of influence. And I look of, even in the last 17 years, from 18 to 35, and I think of all the different things I've done, even just in this short amount of time, and I think, wow, I wouldn't have met this person, and I wouldn't have been able to speak into this person's life, and they wouldn't have been able to speak into my life. And so we have these trials. We have these things that we don't like. But if you can persevere through them, if you can just hold on to the word, amen, and move forward, you're going to end up better than when you came out. We can come out of the hardship with more faith, peace, revelation of his grace, and hope than we went into it. And that's how we want to be, amen? That's how we want to finish. Paul said, um, I finished the race and I've kept the faith which means that he didn't stop before the finish line. He continued to press forward through the finish line. Amen. And that's what we want to do. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that you give us your word to help push us forward, to help us continue to move, or to not stay stagnant. Lord, I thank you for just blessing all of us, blessing all of us that were here um, in this uh, city, in this county, in this state, in this nation. Lord, that we can... Um, we can be a witness to somebody who doesn't know you, or that we can bring a positive attitude to a situation that might be negative, um, that we can just count our blessings every single day, Lord, and continue to move forward towards the prize, continue to move forward so that when we cross the finish line, you say, well done, the good and faithful servant. Lord, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory tonight. I just thank you that you bless everybody here, or that you're blessing their finances, or that you're blessing their health, Hallelujah. You want us to have those things. You want us to have good finances. You want us to have good health. You want us to have good relationships. Lord, I pray for any family member that is maybe astray that doesn't know you, Father. I just, I just pray that you're working in that situation to bring them back, to bring them back to you, Lord. Let me just give you all the praise and glory, give you thanks and honor, and we pray for a great week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we'll see you Sunday, if not before. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.